Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers, to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I am John Ledger from PewterReport.com. With me is Scott Reynolds, also from PewterReport.com. It is a victory Monday for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Scott, because they defeated the Philadelphia Eagles 31 to 15, and it wasn't that close either. And they move on to the divisional round of the NFL NFC playoffs, just like we predicted, basically. That's right, Scott? I mean, we thought they'd be here. We never, yeah. we didn't have a loss of belief because that's true. Foster is hurt, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, once again, the Buccaneers uh, find a way to kind of patch it all together with some band aids, some rubber cement, some duct tape, you know, some flex seal. They're, um, they're, you know, they're they're pulling this thing together, and they're yeah. doing it without a lot of key pieces, and and some of these key pieces uh, aren't going to be back, and some of them hope, hopefully will be, and uh, and while they're while they're waiting for everyone to get healthy, they got more guys dropping like flies yeah. this time right. along the offensive line, which has been pretty healthy the entire season. So, right, we have a lot yep. to cover today in today's we show. Do. Bruce Arians uh, had a lot to say during yes. today's press conference. Yep, and the only way I think the Bucks are going to get through it, Scott, is if they tap into some Celsius. I don't know if there's any way. Yeah. Celsius powers active lives every day with essential functional energy. Celsius energy drinks, folks. A variety of awesome flavors is the wild berry here. No sugar, essential energy, accelerates metabolism, burns body fat. It's great stuff. It's great for you. It gives you the boost you need without the crash you get from other energy drinks. John, and did you, you have your Celsius today? I, I'm drinking it right now. It's sustaining oh. me right now. I, I'll be continuing to drink it on the show, probably finishing it. Good on the you. show um, i didn't have a celsius today and i'm feeling it oh you're Rumpy, dragging. dragging yeah exactly and see folks wow. the, that's that's the proof that that once you have some celsius once once you drink it on the regular basis i don't drink it every day not, not on the weekends but i drink it during the week to kind of help me with my mm-hmm. work and and once you don't drink it boy you feel it i'm just <laughs> telling you it's like i i make these mistakes so today wasn't a mistake i had some doctor appointments and i, and I had to, mm-hmm. to i had some some swallowing tests for my throat that I had to do, and so I couldn't have any food or drink. I had to come yep. in, and and boy, I I'm missing wishing your, this can missing wasn't empty. Was, I wish this was wasn't full. a prompt. That's right. Yeah, no question. Uh, it's great stuff. So you can buy it. By the way, you can t- get it on Amazon. Do the subscribe and save option, or you can go uh, to Celsius.com and use the store locator to find out where they are near you. Also, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the fast protein bars from Celsius. These are the best tasting protein bars out there, folks. Just going to tell you straight up. Right now, you can get them 20% off the white chocolate cookies and cream or the caramel peanut crunch. You can get them 20% off on Amazon right now. The promo code is 20FASTSTART. Type in that promo code in the link below in the YouTube description. You can click it down there. It'll take you to where you need to go. 20FASTSTART is the promo code. And you can make sure you get 20% off these yep. on delicious sale protein bars. Yes, through the end sale. of the month. So yep, end of the month. Take advantage, advantage of that right now. Stock up now. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. You won't be sorry you did. They're great That's stuff. Right. I had one today. It was awesome. Um, all right, Scott, let's talk about this uh, past Eagles game uh, with the box. And we will turn our attention forward just a little bit and talk about some of the elements of this. But first, let's focus on the injuries coming out of this game. Talking to Bruce Arians today, it sounds like there's legitimate questions about whether Tristan Wirfs, Ryan Jensen and Josh Wells are going to be able to play this Sunday against either the Rams yep. or the Cardinals, both of whom will represent significant pass rush challenges with multiple players. Each of these teams have three rushers that can get yeah. home. We'll talk about those teams yep. a little bit later, but 
Worf's injury uh, is a, is an ankle. I think Jensen's is an ankle. He didn't specifically say, but he yeah. basically he said like if it, that thing would have to be broken, and I don't know what yeah. else he would be talking about. So mm-hmm. um, for for Jensen to come out, and then Wells is dealing with a quad injury. Yep. We know. So he said it was a pretty good quad injury for Wells. So they're not going to be able to know for him till the end of the week. Alex Kappa in the game, he said, would have kicked to right tackle. And Stinney would have come to right guard in the game if Makes Wells sense. couldn't have finished the game. Yeah, that doesn't mean it'll be the plan this upcoming week. Keep in Correct. mind that's just based on who they had active. They only have eight players active. Yeah, there could be another plan this week. Looking at the roster, though, I'm not sure there will be. I, Kappa could be starting. Yeah, I, I mean, I think right. Nick Leverett becomes active just to have an extra body to play with yeah. somewhere right. in the lineup. I, I think that they probably have to take that precaution, even if Worf's dresses. Even if Wells dresses, you're literally two snaps away from those guys having a you know a, a bit of a of a setback, and and then you're down to your third option. And whether the in game, if that's Kappa sliding over to from right guard to right tackle, whether it's inserting Robert Hainsey, the rookie, which is not ideal because he's really been an interior player mm-hmm. since he's come to Tampa Bay. Although he had three years as a starter at right tackle at Notre Dame. Right. Uh, or or is it putting Leverett in there and crossing your fingers because Leverett can kind of move around and play different positions? He played a lot of left tackle in, in the preseason. So not an ideal situation, especially whether you face the Cardinals or the Rams. Both of those teams have got some real legitimate scary pass rushers off the edge that are that are way more yeah. potent and dangerous than anything the Eagles had yesterday. Right. We get a lot of these questions. Can they get someone from the outside? I had tweets at me last night about Russell Okun. Could they bring him in? Look, folks, I mean, the reality is that it can't happen in this short amount of time. Even yeah. they get John Brown in, maybe this week he'll play, you know, six, seven, eight snaps. Yeah. But I mean, that's it. Like you're you have to go with the guys who know the system better because yeah. you know you're starting. I mean, from I mean that really point. the the only player that, that could come in would be DeMar Dotson. And this is a guy that has been out of football for an entire year, right? So it's yeah. you're you're you know, he DeMar played in 2019, so he knows this system was a starter at right tackle. But I mean, you at this stage of the game, uh, someone like like Nick Leverett or Alex Kappa would be a better option, or Robert Hainsey would be a better option at this. DeMar, stage. that I mean, DeMar's an interesting thought. Has he played this? No, he's I think he's done. He's retired, yeah. Okay, so he hasn't even been, he's not even in football shape. I that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, okay. I, I think that would be a stretch to have right. him come in because be, yeah. of so, the, right. If this was going to be a multi-week injury, maybe it is. Maybe that's enough for them to say, okay, Russell Okun or somebody else. And by the way, Russell Okun, I think he's only played left tackle in the NFL. So again, just throwing out names that were asked to me on Twitter. But um, somebody else, Hainsey, supposedly he is fundamentally sound. Can he get reps at the right tackle? You know, he actually played all of his reps in college were at right yeah. tackle. So he's actually most experienced at right tackle. Right. I would say he's probably least gifted for right tackle yeah. out of these guys. But at this point, if you don't have Wells or Works, we're talking about this is all worst case scenario conversation. Yeah. Here's the deal. Let's just say worst case scenario, no Wells, no Werfs, no Jensen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think Jensen's going to play. I have no idea what's wrong with him or how serious it is. Right. But I just think he's like, probably the biggest badass in the league. So I think yeah. you're going to see him out there. Here's my question to you though, Scott, if that happens and Jensen is out of the lineup, what's what happens at left guard and center? I mean, you could be looking at a situation where Donovan Smith, Nick Leverett, Ali Marpet at center. Yeah. Right guards, Aaron Stinney, right tackles, Alex Kappa. And you've got four guys in different places because of two. Yeah. You don't want to do that. You no, don't want to shuffle do that. people like no. that. 
No, you don't. But you might not have. But a you might have to. <laughs> yeah, no, you're exactly right. So um, I, I'm not going to play right tackle. I'm 49 years old. Uh, back in high school, I actually played left tackle. I was an undersized left tackle, and I played, and I hated offense. I was much better defensive tackle and defensive end. Yeah. Uh, than I was. Uh, but but uh, no, I, I, you're right, Johnny. Anytime you can keep a player at a certain position, that's that's the better play than starting to do the the shuffling of, of players on the offensive line from a cohesion standpoint. Because you, you can't have five fingers. It has to be a fist mm. on the offensive line, just, just like on the defensive line. You have to work in tandem with, with picking up stunts and twists and just executing zone blocks with, with the proper steps. I mean, there's just so much that goes into it. So mm-hmm. now the thing is, is, is I don't think you're going to see Worf's practice all week. I don't think you're going to see Wells practice all week. So the good news is, yep. is on, on Wednesday, even though the walkthroughs, whoever's going to be in that spot, maybe it's Kappa, maybe it is, it is uh, Leverett. I think those are probably the only two options. I think Hainsey will probably get some emergency reps there as well. You're you're going to have at least a couple of days with those three guys getting some some work at right tackle, mm-hmm. just in case, just in yeah. case they they need that. Whether whether it's starting on Sunday, if Worfs and or Wells can't go, or if it is in that emergency capacity where Worfs tries that that gimpy ankle, takes one wrong step, gets twisted, whatever, and he's out, and then all of a sudden Wells mm-hmm. comes in and the, the quad does is not firing, and, and he's out. Now you're down to the third option, so. I, I think Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, you're going to see, you're going to see those options we just talked about. Get reps in practice, so at least they're ready for an emergency situation. Right, and if you obviously had three people down, I mean, and yeah. you look, and, it's looking like you know that what? on Wednesday. Earl Watford, Greg right. Cruz, uh, that's that's a, a good name to to keep in mind as well, because uh, yeah, he is that kind of somebody. jack of all trades. Yeah. Right, and he was with them in camp. He obviously knows. Yeah. He was with them last year. He knows like what's going yeah. on. So I, I think that's probably a good bet. Yeah, because if you're yeah, if it's looking like on Wednesday that some of those guys aren't going to be available or or couldn't be or might not be or might be in question, you have got to bring somebody in. So somebody will come in. I yeah. just don't think you'll see any like starter type come in and play this week or anything like that. Right. That's where you're hung up. Now let's look just quickly at the practice squad here to see what's available here. And I believe it's just John Molshin at guard. I don't yeah. think he is tackle flexibility don't for them. He's an option. There, he was yeah. working at center some in camp. And then Brandon Walton is a guard uh, as well. So there really isn't another tackle option. It's kind of, it does get to cap. And here's the interesting thing. And why I think Hainsey probably isn't the tackle option is he was, he was available. Like on Sunday, he was there, yeah. and so he could have gone gone into the game at right tackle if he was playing C. And instead, they, you know, Arian yeah. said it would, it would have been Kappa. So, Andy <laughs> probably he maybe he's a backup center option if if Jensen can't go. Maybe he just plays center and yeah. no Leverett and Marpet and, and Smith stay in place. To me, that's the smart way to play it because you have Aaron Donald over. Like, well, he's right. all, he's going to move all over the place, and if you're yeah. playing <laughs> Alex Kappa at right tackle, he's going to be at left defensive end most of the game. I can guarantee yeah. you that. So. It, it's a challenge no matter what happens. Yeah. And you spot. know what? I, I, I don't know if they're going to give Aaron Stinney some reps at um, at right tackle. If if they were. Oh, planning. my. <laughs> that would be wild. I'm just saying. But the thing is, he's played some tight end, right? So he's he actually has some experience on the edge. Now, when you're playing tight end as you mean, a run blocker. You mean like that jumbo package? Yeah. You're not yeah, talking correct. about. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about like actual tight end. I was like, wait, when? No, no, yeah, no. I know what you're saying. Just, just as that kind of like Josh yeah, yeah. Wells, like Josh, like Joe Haig last year would extra come blocker. in as that that extra blocker, but that, that's really only in run blocking situations, right? It's not like he's doing a pass set or anything. So, 
you know, I'm just looking. It's like it's going to be interesting to see who they who they they cross train mm-hmm. at at right tackle. You know. Yeah, and you're going to see a 12 personnel heavy game from the Bucks if this happens. I I think because they w- they want to provide assistance and then they also want Gronkowski to be available as a receiver. And the yeah. only way to do both those things, kind of other than putting Gronk at wideout, is to play for more 12 personnel. So it just have, limits yeah. you. It limits the scope of everything you can do offensively if mm-hmm. this is the case. And we're talking worst case scenarios just in terms of trying to prepare right. y'all for like what that could look like. Yeah. There's a very decent chance that they get out there. And, you know, I saw where it's in drone back to grab the all 22 and looked at it. It really doesn't look bad. Like when it happens, either of the plays where like no, nothing looks that bad. And so Jensen's looked way worse, you know, and he yeah. came back in the game. You know, obviously it could look not bad and, and still be bad. Uh, you know, right. I, I obviously have no vantage point as to what his actual injury is or how that's going to progress throughout the week. We just don't know, folks. Like the reality is we just don't know. We don't know what plan C will look like attack. Right. We we know what A and B will look like. We've never seen plan C attack with this team. And yeah. so we have no clue what that's going to look like, what Kappa could look like there, what Hainsey. We have know. no clue who the Bucks are going to play until tonight. Yeah, we don't even know right? they're going to play, yeah. But if I'm the Bucks, Scott, I'm just being straight up honest. Like, if I'm the Bucks, and they're not going to say this, obviously, I'd rather play the Cardinals because because they're going to blitz you more, for sure. Yep. So your communication is going to be a challenge. Right. I mean, but the Rams are going to blitz, too. They're, they're not like the blitz-heaviest team, but they'll blitz a plenty if you got backups right. in there. You're going to run into that problem no matter what. Yep. But – I just, I'm just straight up not trying to play Aaron Donald. Like, just, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I I'm not trying to play with everybody, but yeah, I'm I take my chances with Marcus Golden and JJ Watt. Right? If Watt Taylor comes back, then, then then you're 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 looking at that type of pressure off the left side of the defense, the right side of the offense, right there. Chandler Jones going to go up against Donovan Smith. So, in both of those guys, Jones and Marcus Golden are double digit sackers. So. The Cardinals are a formidable bunch, and what's interesting is if they can get past, mm-hmm. if they can get past uh, the Rams tonight, um, that would be a quite impressive road warrior stretch. Because as it stands right now, the Cardinals are eight and one on yes. the road, and they're three and five, an absolute shitty three and five at home. <laughs> I mean, just just terrible at home. Yeah, they're right. they're awful. But, man, you put this team on the road, look out. They've actually won a game at Los Angeles. And so if they were to beat the Rams, I mean, that would be a formidable opponent coming in here, just given the fact they would be 9-1 and one on the road. Yeah, I've never sure. heard of a, of a nine and one I, team on the road before. I honestly haven't either. Joey Sal says JJ Watt was just activated. He is back for the cards. Yeah, yep. we got that, Joey, because yep. we saw JJ Watt's hype video for himself this morning. <laughs> yeah. Nobody toots their own horn like that dude does. Oh my goodness, man. The the opposite of his of TJ, at least, just yeah. personality wise. TJ had a game last night, too, by the way. For he the did. Players. He did everything he, he could, man. Everything he kept he it could. interesting for a quarter. Yep. He and Hayward basically by themselves. Yeah, if he would have just covered the fat man tight end, he you know he wouldn't have given <laughs> if up that. He would have just played quarterback and wide out and it's true, coached yeah. and all of it. Yeah, no, it yep. could have worked out. But no, I think that this is very difficult now for the Bucks offense, Scott. Like, yeah, just reality is at some point you you start to sputter because you. I mean, it's it yeah. would it could be Brady Gronk. Even if these guys play, they're not going to be hundred percent right. going up against Donald and Von Miller and Leonard Floyd. That's really tough sledding, man. Like that's as a very tough draws if that happens and the Rams win, which I, I do think they will win tonight. Yeah. That's going to be a huge challenge for the Bucs to overcome because no, those are is. elite players. And frankly, even if you had the options in the passing game to be able to do more things, right? You could over you could circumvent it, yep. but you don't really. I mean, you have downfield 
vertical threats in Rashad Perryman and Scotty Miller and, and to some degree Mike Evans, yeah. although obviously he's proven to be more versatile yeah. and, than that. And you're just not going to have time to get to those. Yeah, you, you know? right, exactly yeah. right. So it changes so much of what you yeah. do in a week. You have just, to adjust for it. Just got a notification um, from somebody who who's in the know. I don't think they're going to be bringing back Earl Watford. So oh. just got a notification of that. Wow, you checked out. Look at you checking in on that quick. So it might not We're be on Earl. It, We're on it. Maybe uh, maybe somebody else. We'll see. Uh, appreciate the five dollars super chat here from William. Uh, if Werfs, Jensen, and Wells don't play, this game is going to be like the second <laughs> Saints game. No matter who we play, is that uh, the second Saints game? The nine nothing? Yeah, or the, the thirty-eight to three. Well, yeah, it's either one Which really. One? But, yeah, but but I I think William, to your point, they have they have a week to figure things out, right? When when that Not same game, game occurred, right. yeah. I mean, when you lose Chris Godwin, you lose Mike Evans, right? I mean, Way they are in game. Yeah, yeah. Leonard Fournette, they were dropping like flies. It's really hard. It's hard enough for coaches to to make adjustments with everybody healthy mm-hmm. on the fly, offensively and defensively at any at any level. I mean, it was hard to do that at, at the pop Warner level when I was doing it as a defensive coordinator. It's hard to do at the college level, high school pro. It just is. And then you factor in, oh, okay, we want to do this. Crap, we don't have this guy. Wait a minute. We, we got to shuffle this deck over here, and we're trying to adjust. But but can we do this adjustment? Because does that player know this? Can they can they execute that? That's what makes it so hard. So at least at least they know what the problems are heading to this game. You know, right. a questionable center, a questionable right tackle, a questionable backup right tackle, and they can they can make some of those adjustments during the week of practice, so they're better prepared for those scenarios on Sunday. Right. That is a huge difference. I think coming out of that in that saints game, it was, you know, dropping like flies, losing people and it was in the game. So you already had losses to overcome going into the game. And then you had to overcome more losses within the game against an elite defense who really, there's no defense like the saints defense in the playoffs. They won't face another group like that. Even the Rams, they've had so many ish coverage issues. Both their safeties are out tonight. Taylor Rapp, Jordan Fuller won't be back this year. So yeah. like they're going to be going through it, and safety is a super important position in oh, the way that defense. Weddle, who is retired, <laughs> right, right, yeah, they're just bringing him up yeah. and seeing what happens there. So, I do think tonight's game is going to be very interesting. I can't wait to watch it. But man, I also just think like the Rams just if if you have offensive line issues, that's where they can get you. I think they're susceptible everywhere else. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. I um, agree. And Evans has played pretty decent against Jalen Ramsey. I know people yeah. are trying to hear that because yeah. maybe the stat lines looked a certain way, but. He's gotten open against Jalen Ramsey before. Right. It's just, do they have enough time to get yeah. him the football? You're right. And, and it was interesting because we saw some really short passes, some little outlet passes against soft zone coverage, which allowed that to happen. You yeah. know, that's probably why it happened. But but I, I think Byron Leftwich knows that he's got to have to get creative with Mike. And I think you're going to see Mike in the slot some. I think you're going to see Mike, you know, being uh more more of just playing the x mm-hmm. going yeah. forward because he's going to have to i wrote about that in today's two-point conversion column mm-hmm. read it on pewterreport.com the, the bucks are going to need a legendary stretch here a playoff yeah. run from mike evans and i think the good right. news is it's in his dna he's used to being the guy that the guy mm-hmm. had a hell of ton of targets in in 2015 and 16 even before right. Chris godwin got here when vincent jackson was on the way down mm-hmm. it was mike and the miracles i mean i mean it was mike evans Adam Humphreys and Cameron Braid. That was the Bucks passing game back then. So yep. he's used to being the focal point of the offense. And I think that's why 
he's loved having Chris Godwin emerge as oh yeah, you know, as a fellow superhero. Right. And you want to bring AB? Sure. You want to bring in Rob Gronkowski? Absolutely. It's less pressure off me, and I'll still get mine. You know, right. But you're going to need a touchdown a game from Mike Evans going forward in a hundred yards a game. John, we've got another yeah. super chat. Before here. before yeah. I get to the super chat, just real quick on Evans, he did play about twelve snaps from the slot this past week, which wasn't a lot for him, but he, when he was there, it was really effective for him. They also reduced his split a lot, so they put some stack receivers and they reduced his split, brought him down. So he's still the outside receiver, but he's working from a reduced split. So which means uh, basically he's closer to the line of scrimmage for people yeah. who aren't looking at me. You know, he's not outside the numbers like he yeah. always is. And then other times they'll be they'll put him outside the numbers and they'll put three in the other side maybe and they'll keep him isolated a little bit. So it's a little harder if you're playing a single high look. Safety maybe shades that way you get something else to the trip side or you know they can do some things like that where you're moving him around a little bit and getting some answers that way. And they've done a very good job of that. So hats off to Byron Leftwich for doing that. He's uh, adapted nicely so far with Evans. I think he'll continue to adapt nicely. Yeah. It is just a matter of like how much can one guy do for your offense unless Gronk is able to also get free and go off as well. Now, yep. Robbie, do you believe the Bucks continued the dime look on D right here without Levante and long third downs? Yeah, this is a good question, Robbie, and we appreciate the super chat. The dime look on D with Levante uh, only happened because they were trying to limit his, Levante's snaps. He's, he played 57 of 66, so it might have been like kind of a, a futile effort, but they were trying to just have, go into the game with a plan that, hey, if we can get him off the field in some situations, let's get him off the field in some situations and keep him fresh. Uh, that's not going to be like a plan going forward. Levante is yep. a great coverage player, and obviously they want him out there. And I think you probably know that, Robbie, and, and most yep. everybody in this chat does. The question is here is this, and this is the interesting part of what Robbie says. This is the first time we've seen them ever use Jordan Whitehead as a dime linebacker. And so did you like it? it? I love it. Of course yeah, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> He's a great runner. Yeah. yeah. And like we're talking about looks that are in essence run unlikely. Let's put it that way. Like it's just it's unlikely right. he'll be exposed as a run defender in these looks. And yeah. that if he is, it'll hurt, it'll hurt the team. Right. And he's a good run defender. So I'm okay with that. I can live with it on occasional. I mean, obviously you're not going to put him there on the goal line, but you know, I, I think that there's situational packages that call for that kind of aggression defensively. And right. uh, Bulls tapped into that wisely. He always has a couple things to pull out for the playoffs. I'm not suggesting that he holds things back for the playoffs. Right. I think he just says, okay, like we've played the Eagles once before. Let's get away from what we did before. And right. last year, the same thing. We played the Saints. We played the Packers. Mm-hmm. We played the Chiefs. Let's get away from those things. Let's do different things. I do think that when he gets repeat games, it, it gets interesting. It hasn't, for exactly. whatever reason, worked against the Rams. but um, So maybe he finds a way to do that again if they play the Rams. But he's going to have to do that. I mean, the yep. defense has to be great. They were great yesterday, three quarters. They got him a short field once or tw- twice, I guess. Yeah, 36-yard mm-hmm. touchdown. They got him a short field twice. I think they scored off both of them. I'm pretty sure. And so, yeah, the 36 yard uh, touchdown was right after the Scotty Miller uh, play. Right, Eve. Yeah. Uh, th- 36 yard touchdown was after the Shack pick. After the Shack interception. Okay. The Got other it. drive for a touchdown, which was who scored Gronk. The Gronk touchdown drive was another short one off the Scotty uh, turn. Okay. That's how they're going to have to win. Let's just yeah. put it that way. Like, yeah. I-, I don't think they're going to go out and just roll up 31 points in a game right. where they have to drive length of the field yeah. every time. And you know what, John, did that, it three times. It happened in New Orleans, right? You had the, the right. SMB interception that was in the, the red zone area for the Saints. You had mm-hmm. the, the Antoine Winfield forced fumble, the Devin White scoop, and he returned it into the red zone area there. Even Devin White's interception in New Orleans in the division round of the playoffs was in the red zone. So very short fields to work with there. We appreciate the super chats we've had so far. We appreciate all the super chats we've gotten all year, all season long. 
And we have some people that that aren't signed up for YouTube, so they don't they want to donate, but they they just don't have the means to do the super chat. And, and for those people, for anybody, you can donate today at pewterreport.com by going to pewterreport.com backslash donation. When you go there, you have the option to do one of two things. You can either be a one-time donor if you want to give us an, an internet tip, if you will. This is your way to, to kind of put some, some money in the tip jar for a job well done for the Peter Report staff. If you like these podcasts or our content on PeterReport.com, we can do a, a donation for as low as $10 or more if you're, if you are, um, if you're uh, more generous. And you can also sign up to be a monthly donor for as little as $3 a month. $3 a month. We also have a $5 option and a $9 option. So great ways to give. Uh, and show thanks to the Peter Report staff. If you like these podcasts, if you like our content on PeterReport.com. So just another way to do that in addition to the the Super Chats. John, it is that time for Roll Call. I'm going to give you a topic today because I'm, I've been thinking about this all day. And I want your take on this. I wrote about it a little bit in the two-point conversion, but I want your take on this. So I think you're in agreement with myself. We talked about it a little bit, so I know you are. But the five defensive backs that were on the field yesterday, right? Jamel Dean, who had a fantastic game, Bruce Arians said it was it was probably his best game as a Buccaneer. I agreed. Said it on the podcast last night. Yeah. Carlton Davis at, at the outside corner. Mike Edwards uh, played a little bit of slot, but was also the safety. Uh, Antoine Winfield played a lot in the slot in place of Sean Murphy Bunting, and then you had Jordan Whitehead. So those were the five defensive backs. I think they should stay with that look. I know Sean Murphy Bunting didn't play due to hamstring injury, even if he's healthy. I think the five defensive backs we saw should be the way going forward just because of Evans. I'm, I'm sorry, not Evans, Edwards and Whitehead and Winfield's playmaking ability. But whether it's Cooper Cup from the Rams or Christian Kirk for the Cardinals, talk about the slot matchup with either one of those guys. What defensive backfield lineup you think best solves either one of those guys and and, and which one would be easier to see? I know Cooper Cup is probably the hardest, but what say you about the slot and the nickel going forward? And and when you do that, we're going to have everybody do roll call, which means okay. you're telling us where you're from, and I'm going to be putting it up on, on your YouTube here. Ready? Go. Well, <laughs> let me just put it this way. If you cannot play Cooper Cup, it's an, adv- it's an advantageous situation. They just don't have a great – like matchup answer for for Cooper Cup is just reality. Like they don't have a player really that that mirrors kind of some of the things that he can do. So that's part one. Part two is just you know you want your best players on the field. In my opinion, Scott, like Tr- Sean Murphy Bunting. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to him. He hasn't come along, so I mean he does need to own part of it. Like it's not like he's been horrible this year when he's played. Last year there were times where he was pretty horrible. This year for the most part he hasn't been horrible. There's been a game here or there. But you want him, I think, out of the lineup if you can. Now, here's the thing. We're not just talking about Mike Edwards or Sean Murphy Bunting, Scott. Right. We're talking about Sean Murphy Bunting or Jamel Dean. That's how the Bucs yeah. see it. Sean yeah. Murphy Bunting has been playing over Jamel Dean recently. So that just can't happen. I mean, we we're talking happen. about a guy who's – I mean, uh, uh, Bruce said it today. Like, he's grown by leaps and bounds in Jamel Dean. Yeah. That's got it. You've got to continue to ride that, man. This guy is incredibly talented – he has shown things that Sean Murphy Bunting just has not shown. Like it just right. Sean Murphy Bunting has not. I know he had a couple picks in the playoffs, but like Minter tipped the one against Washington. The other one, yeah. Breeze never should have thrown the one against Michael Thomas. It was a good rep for sure. Right. You know, the Packers one, yeah, it's a good play on the ball. Did he hold like, a little was, bit? Maybe we'll never. Yeah, we'll never tell Packers fans whether he held or not. 
Anyway, all I have to say, like all I have to say is that Dean has played way better for more consistent stretches than SMB ever has in his career. Dean needs to be playing over Sean Murphy Bunting. That shouldn't yeah, even be a I conversation, agree. but I think it is a conversation for their coaches. The other part of it is then what happens in nickel. I am very, here's the thing I'll say. I don't know that I would feel as good about Mike Edwards as a free safety for, for that much of the game. Mike Edwards played two snaps in the slot right. against uh, Arizona or against um, um, Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. In that matchup, that was great. That was perfect. Right. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to have the Bulls are saying they're not going to have time. They're not going to have the capacity. They're going to, we're going to blitz them a ton. We're going to make the ball come out quick, all those kind of things. Against the Rams, you're going to have a big different challenge if that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And even against the Cardinals, you're going to have a different challenge. I think you might need Winfield on the back end in those yeah. games. And, and you might need to play just frankly more too high safety in both those games. So right. you might need to play it that way. And so it does tweak things a little bit because you want Winfield to be one of those safeties. Okay, then what do you have in nickel? What can happen there? You know, if it's Whitehead and Winfield deep more, you know, in, in those looks when the Rams or Cardinals would spread out. Okay, what do you want to do then in the nickel spot? Um, you know, Edwards to me, it should be an option. I, I would rather have Edwards than than, than Cooper Cup. It's not, it shouldn't be, and I don't think it will be that simple, though. It's not going to be a one-on-one Edwards versus Cup. Let's see if Edwards right. can take away Cup. That would be right. crazy. That Edwards be. is a really good zone defender. The Bucks haven't used him a ton in man yeah. in his career. He's mostly well, played safety. And, and, and John, safety. to your point, uh, you know, we saw Jalen Hurts being wildly inaccurate on his deep shots when he took them. One of those was to a wide open Quez Watkins who blew right by Mike Edwards in coverage. And Quez Watkins, one of the faster players in the NFL, he had four or five steps at, at the end of that play, mm-hmm. and the ball was about five yards overthrown. I mean, that's that's a gimme touchdown in the fourth quarter. If if Watkins, you know, can can catch up to or or if uh, if Jalen Hurts' throw was on and that target, was Edwards in coverage. That was Edwards in coverage. Yeah. Yeah. And we talked about that in the going into the game. We said yeah. if Quez Watkins and Mike Edwards get matched up in man coverage, yikes. Yeah. And obviously, I don't know if Edwards was in the slot on that rep or not. Like I said, he was only on the slot for two reps. Right. But wherever he is in the field, the speed is one of the concerns. And yes. nobody has completed more deep balls in the league this year, I believe, than the Rams. You know, they have. Right. I know the forty plus yard pass plays they lead the league, and it's not even close. So. That's a big play offense that you want to force to come underneath. You want Stafford. Right. It's kind of like you have to flip everything that you do if you're the Bucs. Like, it's a great point. Typically, like instead of like letting passes happen, or, like you want basically Stafford to like to get to to check downs eventually because he always will start high and yes, work exactly. low. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So you have to really in the Bucs obviously have taken away high options, but more than anything, they dare you. Like, are you gonna have time and are you gonna want to go high when we're giving you something low? And they just have to take away the high stuff if they're going to be successful against Stafford, I think. Just a totally different type of matchup maybe than what they're used to, how they're used to playing it, which is fine. They have the capacity to do that. Obviously, like I said, they've kept the lid on big plays really well. In fact, for most of the season, the only two big plays against them were Deshaun Jackson's, uh, who obviously is with the Raiders now. Um, The two plays he had, he had a 40-yarder and a 75-yarder against the Bucs in week three. Those were like for for like the first half of the season, Scott, those were the only two 40-plus yard pass plays against the Bucs. They've only given up five all season. was in the slot that game and didn't work out too well for Cockrell. Uh, Z Legacy, we appreciate uh, all the Super Chats again today. Z Legacy, Carlton Davis and Cooper Cup. When Carlton Davis has been in the slot, it hasn't typically worked out too well. He's just way more comfortable working the left side of the field than he is in the slot. J. 
John, your thoughts on on I and I understand the premise, right? You put your yeah. best corner on the best receiver, yeah. but this is just it's a different realm with with Cooper Cup because he can go anywhere. I mean, we've seen him line up in the backfield as a running back and then just run like a wheel route out of the backfield. And uh, and so Sean McVay does a fantastic job. It's not always in the slot where Cooper Cup can do the damage. Sometimes it's outside, but sometimes it's from the friggin' backfield. I would say that I would say that there's no one answer for Cooper Cup, and not because he's necessarily this. Incre- I mean, he is. A, he's obviously a great player. There's no question yeah. there. I would. I just think it's the way they use him. Like they, they make it impossible to know where he is every single snap because they right. move him around, like you said. They give him the ball in a variety of ways, yeah. and so he's going to make his contributions. What you have to do, I think, is when he's as a receiver, slot, or wide, I think you have to just focus coverage on him. Oh, by the way, just full pause for a second, Scott, and realize that we are talking about who, who would have guessed this two years ago, three years ago, that on a team with Odell Beckham Jr. and yeah. Cooper Cup, we would be solely focused on how to take away Cooper Cup and leaving Odell Beckham to feast, in my yep. opinion. And I think that's absolutely the way to go. And anybody who said that they thought that's how things would go when Cup was coming out of Eastern Washington are out of their minds. The fact that this guy probably should be the offensive player of the year. And there's nothing that remarkable about him other than his right. consistency. It's just bonkers. This shouldn't happen in the NFL. He's really that good, though. And so yeah. I don't think there's one answer for Cup. You have to be able to bracket him, find mm-hmm. a ways to slow him down. I'm not, I might go back if I have time this week. You know, time is always pressing for me but yeah. if i have time scott there was a game the steelers played. and i obviously know this because i watched the steelers there was a game they played except for last against night. Uh, yeah yeah no but didn't even finish that game uh there was a game the steelers played against the rams a couple years ago when their defense was like really deep steelers defense was really starting to come on yeah. and they i think want to say they held cup to like zero yards and at that point he was like tearing up the league still yeah I think they held him to like zero catches in a game. And it was an unbelievable job in coverage. And they bracketed everything that broke in. And it was just a very creative approach. And I think some teams replicated that year and like had some success. And I don't know if, if Sean McVay changed something or whatever. But I might have to go back and look at that game. It was like the most unbelievable job. And they targeted him a ton. And they just couldn't get anything. He was just blanketed all game long. And it wasn't like one guy covering him at all. It was just a, a group effort. They threw multiple things at him. Every time he did one thing, they right. responded in their coverage, and it took a lot of their attention. And I'm sure maybe there were other guys open, and Goff couldn't find them, and Stafford maybe would. Yeah. But, yeah, that's a big – I think to me that's a huge distinction in this whole thing is like if you – we're talking about Cup, and we don't even know if they're going to play Cup. But if yeah. you, they was, find a way to take away Cup, that'd be huge. It was a 17-12 loss against Pittsburgh. He was targeted four times, zero catches for zero yeah. yards. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. that was – was on uh, November 10th, 2019 is when that yeah, happened. 2019, right. And it, I mean, it was just an unbelievable game plan. Um, they'll pull one of those out every once in a while. You're just like, well, everybody should watch this. I don't, I don't know if you've watched Ted Lasso, but I mean, the episode where they, yeah, where, where they did the chaos, right? Like I'm an outside the box thinker like Ted Lasso, right? Like chaos, like let's let's do it, right? Yeah. Uh, John Smith says, put Scotty Miller on cup. He's the fastest <laughs> guy we got. Listen, just tell Scotty Miller, you're going to line up in front of Cooper Cup, treat it like a punt, okay? Go down there and cover, and then force a fumble, right? Let let Cooper Cup try to catch the ball, and then Scotty force a fumble. That's it. That's what Scotty Miller does on punts. Yeah, there you go. Like I love it. Joey says, don't forget to hit the thumbs up button. It helps with the YouTube algorithm. It absolutely does. Joey is not lying here. If you hit that right. thumbs up button, it helps us out a ton. So hit that like button. 
thumbs up. We hit 7,000 subscribers yesterday, yeah. Scott, on the podcast, wow. just as we hoped we would. 8,000, John. As on we're on 8,000. It was just, uh, I don't know, not even 50 days ago that we were going for seven. So yeah. to, that kind of growth on YouTube is not normal. And so we appreciate y'all. Y'all are great. Let's get yeah. to 8K, honestly. Like this. We, I know we both have set our sights on 10K in the in the yep. near foreseeable future. That's where we want to be as a show, Coach, obviously. We can't, we can't get to 10 until we get to 8. So That's right. Exactly right. Eight. Next next goal is at 8. Indeed. So you all can help us out by hitting the like button, sharing the stream, telling people about us. You guys are the best advertising we have. Honestly, you've helped this thing grow immensely, and we appreciate the heck out of it. Um, uh, a couple more. Oh, did we get to the Super Chat? Um I put the last two up, I believe. Okay, you did. You got okay. I'm just making sure we got to all of them. AK by the Super Bowl. Yes, that'd be great. And hopefully the Bucks are playing in it, obviously. Um, let's get away some from the hypotheticals of like the Rams Cardinals because we'll talk about that so much on Wednesday, by the way. If right. people don't know, we'll have the preview show in depth on Wednesday with Scott and I talking about whoever the Bucks are going to play in the divisional playoffs. Yep. Let's look back at this game just for a second, Scott, and talk about some a couple things that they did defensively we mentioned it a little bit with talking about the safeties but Antoine Winfield Jr. playing in the slot 49 mm -hmm. snaps and he played two snaps out wide just because of the way the other team lined up the Eagles lined up he played a lot of snaps at the line of scrimmage he blitzed like eight times he had four pressures in this game I believe he led the Bucks in pressures in this game um, his usage was totally unique it showed what how great of a player he is. I don't say good. I say he's a great player, yes. in my opinion, Antoine Winfield. Yes. Like, he just is. You can't find many players in the NFL who just never mess up. Like They don't make mental yeah. mistakes. They can fill any role. They can mm -hmm. change what they do. They can play man. They can play zone. They can make plays on the ball. Yep. He tackles and run defense. There's really, He blitzes. Mm -hmm. He finds the football. He works through trash. There's just not really a weakness to it. I mean, his only weakness is that he's not big, and so sometimes he'll right. miss tackles because he's not big guys moving that are bigger than him at full speed, the science of things, but he is, this was just another kind of step in realizing that Antoine Winfield is going to be a legitimately great player for the bus. He's, he's yeah. going to be a pro bowler next year. What, what he yeah. needs in this game coming up here is a splash play, right? He had one last year as a rookie that big pick, you mean, fumble. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he or, needs, I'm, I'm not even saying like, like he has to go up and, and Moss, a yeah. receiver like he did in the in the Colts game, but that would help. But he, as a rookie, he had the the huge force fumble on Jared Cook in that Saints game. That was the turning point moment. Devin White picked it up, and the Bucks ended up scoring a touchdown, and and uh, and we got some points on that drive to help win. That that was a, a big signature moment for him. The sack yesterday almost had two sacks in that game, and I love what Todd Bowles did. Bowles said, "We're going to blitz." Jalen Hurts, but we're going to do it in a, in a, a different kind of con, uh, unconventional way. We're going to bring pressure from the the outside. And if you've if you looked at Bowles, he likes to bring pressure up the middle early, and then late will bring pressure from the outside. Go back to that that Falcons game in Week Two, mm -hmm. where both of those interceptions occurred with him blitzing from the outside, and. And he kind of flipped the script in this game. He blitzed Dean and he blitzed Winfield early to keep Jalen Hurts in the pocket because he's such a good athlete, John, that that you want to set the edge with JPP and Shaq Barrett. Uh, and, and it's like they did. But then when you blitz Dean and Winfield, you're setting another edge, right? Like, like mm -hmm. another perimeter, if you will. And you're forcing Hurts to either make a play in the pocket by throwing the ball we're scrambling up the middle 
where he's running into defensive linemen. He's running into stunting ends. He's running into your linebackers. He's running into Jordan Whitehead. And, and so I think, I think that was a, a, a brilliant game plan by him to set the edge early with the outside blitzes. Then once the Bucks had the lead, then he brought Devin White at the middle. White had three quarterback hits, including a pass breakup from coming in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I just thought it was, it was a great way to use Anton Winfield from the slot as a blitzer in this game. 20 players played defense for the Bucks, at least one snap for the Bucks uh, yesterday, Scott. Guess how many of those players did not pass rush at any point in the game? Guess how many did not? How many did not have a pass rush? Uh, um, I don't know. What would you guess? Out of 20, how many would you guess did not? What's that? Out of 20? Out of 20, how many would you guess did not have a pass rush rep? You mean like if Kevin Minter's in there for five plays, did he go after the Correct. quarterback? Yeah, anybody who played at all in the game. Like, can you? You don't have to name who the players are, but just how many players do you think never rushed the quarterback in Sunday's game against the? Eagles? I, I I think generally speaking, you would say half didn't. Okay, sixteen rushed the passer at some point. <laughs> Only four players, Scott, did not have a pass rush wrap. It gets cra- it gets crazier, by the That's way. Crazy. Those players were Kevin Minter only played four snaps. Yeah, Ross say. Cockrell only played two snaps. Yep. And Andrew Adams only played three snaps. Those were three of the players. Right. The only guy who actually played in the game more than five snaps who didn't rush at any point in the game was Carlton Davis. He's the yep. only dude. He was in coverage every single play. Yep. Jamel Dean had one rush rep. Mike Edwards had one rush rep. Yep. Everybody else on defense had six or more. Everybody. <laughs> yep. Mike Edwards, dude, like – Everybody was going like, yeah. oh, wait, I'm sorry, not Mike Edwards and not Jamel Dean, but Jordan White had six pass rush reps, Levante David, seven, Antoine Winfield, eight. You know, the list goes on and on and on. All these guys rushed at some point in the game. Now, let me ask you this How many Bucks players do you think during the course of this game, out of the 20 Bucks that played, did not drop into coverage at some point in the game? Um, I know JTS did. I know Shaq did. I know JPP did. I know Indomica Sue did. I know, um, did I say JTS? Yeah, you did. Um, I'm, I know, so I know how Vita many out did. of the 20 did not drop into coverage at any point? Steve McClendon didn't. Big Stevie got a pa- got a coverage he, he dropped, Scott. He dropped. Oh my <laughs> he dropped. The oh, only guys who didn't, two of them, Anthony Nelson and Will Golston, were the only okay. two that didn't yeah. drop into coverage at all. That, that means, one doesn't surprise me. That was that yeah, one's the, not as much of a surprise because eighteen I'm of twenty in coverage. Yeah, now, this is a lot of one reps. But Steve McClendon one rep, and Dominican yep. Sue one rep, Jason yep. Pierre-Paul one rep, Nacho one rep, Cam Gill one rep, Vita Vea one rep. And then you obviously move Shaq Barrett only dropped twice. But yeah. again, the unpredictability of Bulls, and, I, and I'll take the L yeah. on this, I guess, because I said before the game, if I'm Bulls, I'm playing zone defense and I'm not blitzing as much. Mm-hmm. And there were definitely times where they had successful stretches where they didn't blitz right. and they didn't really get pressure and it didn't matter because Hurts yeah. was bad. Well, I, I, but you I know underestimated Hurts just being bad no matter what they did. Like, right. I, I no I, solutions. But I, but I think, though, to your original premise, which I, I think was, was correct. I think all of a sudden it's 14 nothing, right? I think it's all of a sudden it's 17 nothing at halftime. Exactly. And I, I think the score loosened up things for Bowles to allow him to take more chances. Sure. Right? I mean, the fourth quarter, he blitzed almost every single play. Exactly. So right. He right. just was trying to one play end it exactly. so they could run out of the clock. And, and so, like, exactly. there is that does fudge it. I did hear today on the Athletics uh, Football Podcast 
I think the Bulls blitz 40% of the time, which is right around what his season average is, which is insane, insanely now, high. But now another thing to your point is, you know, when when they do blitz and they drop guys, right? If you're dropping Nacho, if you're dropping Vita Vea, if you're dropping Adamica Sue, you're dropping those guys in the middle of the defense about five yards off the line of scrimmage. It's not like they're going 20 yards down the field, right? They're not a man coverage. It's a short zone drop. And John, almost if anything, especially against a mobile quarterback like Jalen Hurts, what you're what you're doing by doing that is, is you are you're you're not so much taking away short crossers, right, and, sh- and shallow passing routes. You're just dropping a guy that almost kind of serves as a spy, right? That's not going to give Jalen Hurts a 15 yard run and go down the middle of the field, mm-hmm. right? You're you're putting an obstacle in the way that's making Jalen Hurts if he has to step up the pocket, whether it's blitzing or whether it's pressure from Shaq Barrett and JPP or JTS off the edge or Anthony Nelson, whoever's coming off the edge, and you're forcing Jalen Hurts to step up. It's not like he gets past the initial wave of defensive tackles and then has this huge gap between the linebackers that are that are dropping 10, 15 yards, right, in the safeties. So I, I think it's kind of a genius thing against a mobile quarterback, what, what Bowles did, is he said, okay, if, if Hertz is going to get out of the pocket and escape up the middle, we're going to at least put somebody five yards off the line that's either going to make the tackle or is going to redirect him towards somebody else, right? Rather than just give him green grass for 10, 15 yards. Does that mm. make sense? Yeah, no, it does make sense. And I think Bulls had the answers for this. No question. He knew how, what to do to overwhelm Hurts in this game. What's crazy about it from the Eagles' perspective is that their offensive line was probably better in pass protection than the Bucks' offensive line in this game. Yeah, That doesn't happen very often. And the fact that yeah. Bulls' defense was able to be successful when that was the case – Almost never happens, Scott. We yeah. talk about that a lot. Like if they if Bulls doesn't get pressure, he's usually screwed. Right. This wasn't the case. Is that an indictment on Hertz? Maybe. But you know, I'm this isn't an Eagles podcast. The dude's in his second season. Like he's figuring stuff out. He grew sure. a ton this year. He has not been good in either game against the Bucs. So I know what Bucks fans are gonna think. Other games he was, and I think there's something there to work with. I don't know whether he's gonna be the guy long term or not for them. But Bulls still credit. He made Hurts look worse than anybody else has, and he did it twice. This is a game about matchups, right? I mean, we've seen – there's no surprise. We've seen the Bucks struggle against the Saints. They yeah. just don't match up well against yeah, them. Look they, at the Cowboys. I mean, right. I heard so many times the Athletic, I thought Nate Tice and Robert Mays nailed it, and that's why I bet the 49ers were going to win that game mm-hmm. is because I just felt like there was just a horrible matchup for the Cowboys. Yeah. Defensively, they have a ton of athletes who like to take chances and gamble, and as long as they limited the amount of times Jimmy could hurt them, I felt right. like the 49ers were going to be successful. And yeah. Cowboys ran into a bad matchup. The Cowboys might have fared better against any other team in the NFC, to be honest, yeah. even teams that were better. But they got, and you know what? I they don't, themselves too, but. I don't like the Bucks Rams matchup. I just don't like it. I don't like it in the trenches. And, and that's the thing. It's to, to me, it's like you saw Shaq Barrett. Shaq Barrett did not have one single stat yesterday outside of that big time interception, which was a great athletic play of him dropping in coverage. Right. All right. Lane Johnson like didn't just block him lane johnson absorbed him right like yeah. just really just just absorbed him and i, I want to make a point there too scott just about the rush reps i don't know if you saw this but did you see that everybody played like basically the same amount for the edge group which means yeah. jack barrett only played like 31 reps and right. he only rushed 20 times in the game and a lot of those were just stand there and contain the That's pocket right. they didn't they were very careful they didn't want guys to get out of their lane so yeah. I would just say it's a hard. It was a hard game to evaluate guys like one-on-one pass rush ability because the interior guys could go. 
They were letting mm-hmm. them go. And that's why Vea tossed Kelsey a couple times. Yep. But the edge guys really, when you saw this a couple times in the game, they were like kind of getting there, locking out, keeping their outside arm free yep. and being able to play. If Hurt stepped up to the B gaps, they were going to follow him. If he tried to bounce outside, they were going to push him high and try and push him wide and make a throw difficult. So it was it, a little it, bit of a different game. And Nelson, or Dotron Drink actually plan, played. Right. right. JTS played like 32 snaps. And yeah. JPP played like 34. Shaq, 31. He had less snaps than JTS. And then right. uh, Nelson played like 30. So it was basically the same thing for everybody. They all kind of split it. it. And I appreciate that very kind uh, super chat, by the way. Absolutely. And and I think the thing, too, with Shaq Barrett was if he was going to get sacks, it was going to be where where he's going to get one arm out, right? Yeah, and, it was a tricky game. That way. Yeah, right. Yeah. And the, they wanted the blitzers to have the impact and the other guys to kind of contain the pocket. It's a little, it'll be, I'll try and show some of this stuff maybe during the week. I don't know if I'll do a YouTube all 22 on it, but I might put some clips out on Twitter or whatever, just to show people like it was, that was kind of the game plan in some ways. And actually it kind of made life easier physically, I think on, on Shaq and and JPP, although Shaq looked fine to me. Um, JPP, I have people actually asked if JPP was still better. I mean, he's dude looks, (laughs) I mean, it's just not getting better. I don't know, but this is wild. Is that true? I, I believe so. I, I think it is. I, I'll did, buy it twice with the Giants. Did he win the Super Bowl or just once? Well, just I believe just once. he was. He was on on the yeah, roster. Just the second, second time yeah. they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. then he never went back with any. But yeah, he, was, last year he won it all. And yeah, yeah, that's right. I think that's right, Joey. Wow, that's crazy. Um, the the one thing too is the reason I, I brought up Shaq Barrett is because he has not traditionally played well against Rob Havenstein out there for the the Rams right tackle. That is just not is not a, a, a good oh, matchup. Good point, yeah, and 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 uh, um, you know it's sometimes size matters, sometimes it doesn't. Shaq Shaq is, is 6'1", 250. Yeah, okay, he is. I've stood next to him. I'm. He's not big. I'm yeah, not six foot tall. John, if you stand next to Shaq, you'll you'll be bigger than Shaq. I think they need to. I think they need to switch the matchup. Let I do too. JTS beat Whitworth a couple times last. I remember yep. JPP didn't play. Yep. If that matchup happens again, we're getting a Wednesday show a little bit, but yep. JTS. One thing Havenstein doesn't do well is he's not a great athlete. If right. you can corner on him and speed bend, it might be like the finesse right. matchup they're waiting for. Nobody's going to go through. And the thing is, once he gets his hands on you, you're in the phone yeah. booth. And I've just seen that way too many times from Shaq Barrett. I agree with you wholeheartedly. You know me. I'm a big proponent of rushing Shaq from the right side, not the mm-hmm. left. And it's driven me bonkers. JPP likes to rush from the right. Maybe he has to now because of the shoulder. I don't know. Well, Where they he, switched him, remember, because of the shoulder. They did, I know, but now we're now it's JPP almost back exclusively. Yeah, right. You're right. So, Last game, it seemed I'll look while we're on here, but yeah, it's a little, it's a little maddening. But yeah, I, I would I agree with you. Uh, I've seen enough of Shaq versus Rob Havenstein on that side. I'd rather see Shaq uh, try his luck against Whitworth on the the right side. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they match that up. The other big part of it, if it's a Cardinal, Scott, is that they have a huge line advantage there that they would not have. I mean, the Cardinals do not have a great or formidable offensive line at all. They have won because Kyler Murray runs around like crazy, you know, and he doesn't stay in one place in the pocket. So there's way more chance of impacting him and impacting the game with pressure with Kyler Murray out there than there is against the Rams. The Rams, I think, you know, I don't care for ESPN's analytics, honestly, at all. I know people are going to be like, what? You're a big analytics guy. I am. I think ESPN's created some analytics that don't measure anything and are beyond stupid. And one of them is pass block win rate. Yes, I will. 
I want to back. But one of them is pass block win rate. It's absolutely ridiculous statistic to me. But the Rams are so far above the field in pass block win rate. Plus, I've watched them play that I know for at least them, it probably holds true. Like they are just because of the scheme, a lot of it is they'll block with extra, their backs protect. They do a lot of things to help the quarterback. Yeah. There's a lot of three man routes, but their guys get open. They got good receivers and they, they know how to scheme it up. And so uh, they get they get the ball out to their options and they will give extra protection when they need yeah. to. It's just a totally different in terms of how you're like, if you're talking about Bulls, how he wants to play, and this is why they've struggled against the Rams, I think. The Rams have a lot of answers for how he likes to play. The Cardinals, I don't think they'd, they'd have those same answers, Scott. And that right. could be. Anyway, just root for the Cardinals tonight. That's what I'd do anyway. Oh, I am too. I, it's going to be interesting. And Bruce Aarons was asked about that today too, by the way, uh, it, because he's got Steve Kime as general manager who you know, was, was his mm-hmm. boss out there in Arizona and obviously Mike Bidwell, the owner. Uh, there's still some people out there in Arizona that guys like Byron Leftwich and, and Todd Bowles and Bruce Arians know, and uh, they're kind of rooting for it at the same time. I, I think that they're, they're just they're, – they're willing to see whoever – right. It's going to be one thing that Bruce did say is the coaches today, they split up the assignments. They are literally preparing for both teams today. They, they're literally preparing two game plans today because the players have the day off. That's pretty are, wild. Have tomorrow off. Well, exactly. Yes. They're, they're, they're literally doing double the work, split up the assignments. And, and then tonight after the game, we'll determine which game plan they're going to go with. Cause it'll be which opponent they're going with. So, if you're looking for options, the Buccaneers have their their own. If, if you're looking for your own options and you want to, you know, maybe put some game, you know, put some skin in the mm. game. And uh, whether it's the the Bucks playoff game or whether it's hockey, which is in full swing right now, or college basketball or the NBA or any of the other playoff games this weekend, do it at my bookie. Why? Because even though it's fantasy football season and even though that's come to a close. You can keep the excitement alive with MyBookie's double deposit—sorry, double deposit bonus. Having your initial deposit matched up to a thousand bucks is like playing every game with home field advantage. All you have to do is sign up using promo code Pewter and get your funds credited to your account instantly. So you can start placing your bets at MyBookie with the NFL postseason in full swing. There's no shortage of games to choose from at MyBookie. Everyone knows that the playoffs equal points. It's the best time of the year to hammer the overs. With every player out to make a name for themselves, you know the player prop bets are a great way to find an edge. My bookie also is home to exclusive contests that can maximize your winnings and make 2022 your best year yet. Don't miss out. Double your first deposit bonus up to a thousand bucks by using the promo code Pewter. Place your bets. Get ready for the intensity of playoff action. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere at my bookie. Love it. Good stuff. I got to jump off here very soon, Scott, so yep. I can, my wife can get to some yoga, but I got to answer this question here from Alex. $5 Super Chat. Alex, we really appreciate this. On the opening drive, the Bucks ran a 4-2-5 with David White and all three safeties. Do you think they'll use it more in the future? I liked it. Uh, this is We answered this question some earlier in the show, so you can actually, Alex, if you go back a little bit earlier, you'll hear us talk about them using Whitehead and getting David off the field. They actually use four safeties on a play. I believe I saw Greg Allman point this out. I actually haven't seen that yet on tape. I haven't gotten to the defensive tape a ton yet, but they use four safeties on a play late in the game. You know, obvious, yeah. obvious pass situation. Game was over. The Andrew but Adams. That was, yeah, the Andrew Adams in there. And Andrew Adams almost had a pick on the play. I think, yeah. I think it was that play where, where the pick went through his hands. Um, he could, that would have been kind of a fun little. <laughs> Andrew Adams has dropped two picks this year and has a pick. And he's he played hardly any reps. Too. This, is, this is how you build a team, Scott. If yeah. you're going to have backup safeties, 
they don't have to be good at anything else except make them ball hawks. Like that's right. Adam yeah. should have three picks, and Edwards is leading the team in picks and the backup. Um, so Alex, I do think we I would guess that we probably will not see a ton of three safeties unless you consider Winfield playing in the slot. Technically, he is a safety, but they're using yeah. him just as a slot defender. Right. That could be the path forward for that, or Edwards in the slot. So in that way, yeah, we might do three safeties, but they would really be like a corner. In terms of three deep safeties, you'll probably only see that if the Bucs have a lead late in the game, and you'll see right. them pull out a package like that. And then you could see four safeties on the field too if one of the safeties is playing the slot. That could be part of what they do. But those yeah. three safety looks, three safety deep looks, not just three safeties on the field, but three safeties yeah. deep, they're, they're, they're picked up a little bit around the league. I mean, it's still very seldom, yeah. but – it's going to be, be interesting to see if the Rams do win, and I think they're going to. I'm rooting for the Cardinals. I think that'd be a great matchup for the Bucks. But if the Rams do win, it will be interesting to see what Todd Bowles has cooked up for the rematch. We know what happened in Kansas City when the Bucks lost 27-24 in Week 12, and then all of a sudden, different story in the Super Bowl. So it'll be interesting to see what happens if it is Bucks versus Rams round two in Tampa. No Deshaun Jackson though, so that's. That's a, a different element that that the the Bucks won't have to contend with. Yeah, it is a different element, but that no Robert Woods either. But that team is still pretty loaded. Van Jefferson's oh, yeah. played well, and uh, tonight's game should be a lot of fun. Drop in the chat real quick because we're on our way out. Who okay. you think is going to win tonight? Rams Cardinals. Who do you think takes it tonight between those two teams to face the Bucks? The honor of facing the Bucks on Sunday at three p.m. Let us know who you think. In the meantime, Scott will be back on Wednesday, 4 p.m. Eastern. Try to get an all-22 film room out to you. We got a lot on the docket this week. Try to get an all-22 film room out there to you. Last week's was on the run defense and how they could fix some things. Maybe I'll show you, not an all-22, but I'll talk maybe about it in Bucks Briefing on Wednesday column. They did exactly you know, kind of what the, some of the things that I said in that video that they need to do better, namely tackling early in the game. Uh, they tackled so much better, and it was a big reason why they had success late in the game. They tackled poorly and that was a big reason why they <laughs> gave up 50 points um and so that's that was a big part of it but maybe i'll drop a film room this week if i have time we'll get uh wednesday show at 4 p.m uh, eastern and then thursday 4 p.m eastern as well we bring in more content to you trying to break down this upcoming matchup get into the intricacies of it as well first we got to see who they play we're trying right. that out tonight it's gonna be fun stuff so until wednesday thanks so much to everybody for joining us subscribe hit the like button on another edition of the pewter report podcast out out